Hallelujah. Good morning once again. It's a great day to be alive. Amen? For this is the day that the Lord has made. God is not only the God of breakthrough, but He's the God of joyous breakthrough. Amen? Your past is nothing like your future. There are great things ahead of us, great things ahead of you. So we need to be expectant, looking forward for what God is about to do in your life in our midst, in the church, in this nation, and all the nations of the world. Because God has promised us that He will pour out. And He's already done it. He's already started it. That His Spirit is being poured out upon all flesh. That we will experience supernatural breakthrough. We will experience supernatural healings, miracles, provision in Jesus' name. Because that is who the God that we serve is a God of supernatural breakthroughs. Amen. So leap for joy. Jump for joy, shout for joy. Declare that the Lord our God is mighty. Amen. The Bible says that shouts of joy and victory is in the house of the righteous. So we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are righteous and so we have all the privilege and honor to, to shout with joy and victory. Amen. Not, joy, not, not shouts of, of fear. Not shouts of um, a worry, but shouts of joy and victory. Amen. So when we fight the enemy, we don't fight the enemy with our own strength because the enemy is not something in the natural, though we may use people, but it's not. he's not natural. He's in the spiritual realm. So when we fight, the Bible says that our weapon, they are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of every stronghold. And our... Our God has given and equipped us with His Holy, um, through His Holy Spirit, He empowered us so we can fight this battle. In fact, the Bible says that the Lord fight the battle for us. So all we need to do is to trust in His Word, trust God. Amen. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your heart, not, not some of your heart, but all of your heart, and lead not in your own understanding so very specific right all of your heart not in your own understanding but in all again all your ways acknowledge him in all your ways submit everything that you are about to do every decision that you will make submit it to god and 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 uh, the bible says submit to god resist the devil resist the uh, the uh, resist fear resist worry Resist to be double-minded, but submit to God, and he shall flee from you. The devil will flee from you. And when you learn how to do that, you enter into God's rest. And when you enter into God's rest, then you will be able to hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. Amen. His direction will be so clear to you that you do not need to be in doubt or fear or confusion. Because the Spirit of God is not the Spirit of confusion. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. And not just here in this place, wherever your people are, oh Lord God. We believe that the same presence, the same uh, uh, glory that is here in this room right now is the same presence that your people are experiencing wherever they are in Jesus' name. Lord, you do not hold any good thing from your people. Lord God, you are a giver and you want to abundantly bless your people in Jesus' name. And today, as we open up our hearts to you, anoint, oh Lord God, the words that will come out of my mouth 
in Jesus' name that every words, O Lord God, will minister healing. Every words will minister restoration. Every word, O Lord God, will minister salvation to those that are listening today. In Jesus' name. And we give you praise and we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. So this is the last week for our topic, soul winning. Amen. I am a soul winner. You are a soul winner. Amen. There's no one person that God saved that does not become a soul winner. Or we are all called to be a soul winner. So remember when we when I was sharing about the kingdom of God, God does not in, that did not save us just to go to heaven. God did not save us for heaven. God saved us for earth. Amen. So we have to take dominion over this earth. And taking dominion is a uh, Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to restore that dominion and authority. So we he has given us a command. We we read it from Matthew 28:19 to 20. This is a famous um, uh, verse for everyone. Uh, we'll like to I'd like to read it again. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. And it, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So that is a great commission, the great commission, the great command that Jesus Christ has given us. And, and he promised that whoever go and, and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations, he will be with them. Right? Verse 20 it says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. So the promise of God being with us is when we do the first command that is go therefore and make disciples. So with us that are preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, be assured God is with you and God is inside of you. So I want to do some recap from what I shared last week and uh, based on Matthew 28, 19 to 20. So who is called into all the world to preach the gospel? According to this verse, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, everyone. Amen. Uh, as I mentioned last Sunday, the original language, these words that Jesus has given these verses, it, this is in the original language is everyone. So every single person, every follower of Jesus is called to preach the gospel. I also mentioned we may not all be called to be evangelists, but we are all called to evangelize. Amen. So the Great Commission is not a great suggestion. Amen. It's not a great suggestion. So if we don't evangelize, we fossilize. I also mentioned last time, last Sunday, that if you want to experience a refreshing in your life, in your own life, is start refreshing other people. The Bible says that those that refreshes other, God will refresh them. Okay, so if you're finding yourself uh, drying out in your spiritual life with God, start looking for people whom you can share your testimony, whom you can share the love of God. And the moment you do that, God will refill, fill you up with new oil, with new life, with, with life. He will, he will refresh you because it's a joy to see someone come into the knowledge of God. Amen. So where do we start? The Bible, in, again, in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, 
go into all the world. So where do we start? Into all the world. That Does it mean we all have to go to different nations? No. We, I mentioned it also last Sunday, we have to personalize it. Go into your world. You have your own sphere of influence. There are people in your influence. There are people in your workplaces. There are whatever you do, whatever you do in, in, in this uh, society, in this community. You may be working. You may be a, a, um, a stay-home mom. You know, whatever you do, you have people around you that listens to you. There are people around you that somehow you have influence over their lives. So that is your world. Okay, that, that into all the world does not mean to go to different parts of the world. One day, God can send you there. But until we are able to, to, to uh, preach the gospel into the world, our own world, where we are called by God, like, you know, so we, God will not release us to a greater, uh, a bigger responsibility. Amen. So we have to go into our world. Like say, I am, I am working also. So in my workplace, that is my world. If you're a nurse, the hospital is your world. If you're a, if you're a teacher, school is your world. World. So there are people there, students or uh, co, um, uh, co-workers. Uh, they are your, your, they are your world. You can influence them. You can speak to them. You can preach to them. So where are we to preach the gospel? Everywhere. Okay, from our world, then everywhere outside. Yep, everywhere. God has called us to preach the gospel everywhere. And, 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 and very clearly it says preach, preach the gospel. Does, it does not say that we have to leave the gospel. It says preach the gospel. All right? So there are people that they say, oh, I just live the life. I just live being a Christian and I'll just show people how to live a Christian life. I will just evangelize to them by showing my good works, my good life. That's good, but that is not what the Bible says. It says preach the gospel. You have, you have to speak and, and share with them what Jesus has done for your life. So the Great Commission is not go and leave the gospel. The Great Commission says go and preach the gospel. Amen. Remember that God has chosen people to reach people. God has chosen us, people, to reach people. Then another question is, why are we to preach the gospel? Why are we to preach the gospel? Why do we do what we do now? Like with, especially with Harvest Now Church, we all know our, mission, uh, our vision is to win souls. Why do we have to win souls? Because we care for people. Just like Jesus cares for people, just like Jesus loves people, we care for people. Yeah, right? Because we don't want people to go to hell. Amen. Tell me how many believe that there is a literal heaven. How many believe that there is a literal hell? So, how many believe that, the, that what the Bible says about hell is true? So, if, this, if you say, uh, I believe that, I believe that there is a literal heaven, I believe that there is a literal hell, I believe that what the Bible says about hell is true, I believe that the, uh, what the Bible says that if anyone does not receive Jesus Christ, they will end up in hell. Then if that, that is the case, what are we doing to keep people out of hell? Yeah? So if we do really care and if we do really believe what we believe, what we, what we say we believe from the Bible, 
then what do we do? If we believe, if we say we believe that people that are not, people that are deceived or those people that are lost, they are going to hell, then what are we doing to keep them from going to hell? So search, you know, ask yourselves, are there people in, in your sphere of influence that are still, ha, has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Has there any members of your family that are still unsaved? Are, are there people uh, like workmates, uh, people that you meet that are still unsaved? So what are you doing to keep them out of hell? Amen. So when are we to preach the gospel? All the time. All the time. When are we to preach the gospel? All the time. The preaching of the gospel does not wait for, for a, a certain day, a certain time. All the time. We, that's why we must be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. God will lead us. God will give us the opportunity. God always gives us opportunity, in fact, because that is what he's, um, he's asking from us. He, that is what he's looking for us, believers, kingdom people, to do. Amen? We have something to do here. We have a job to do. We have a job to do, not just to fill churches, not just to sit on, on Sundays at churches, not to, just to sing songs of worship. It's all good, but that is not, like again, what, uh, what I said, we are not saved just to worship. We are not saved just to give uh, our tithes and offering. We are saved to save someone else. Amen. So in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, uh, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and teaching. I like to read that in Passion Translation. Proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Proclaim. So again, that's the word proclaim or preach. Preach the word of God, stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach, preach when it is convenient and when it is not. Okay? Preach it when it is convenient and when it is not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit. Who do you have inside of you? Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit wants to use you to preach the gospel. And when you start preaching the gospel, when you start sharing, okay, don't be turned off by the word preach. Because when we hear the word preach, we think about preachers only. We think about evangelists only. Like again, like I said, according to Matthew 28, 19 to 20, who is supposed to preach the gospel? Everyone. Every single person that received Jesus Christ. So whether you are a young a, a young a teenager, a high school student, or um, a, 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 an old man, a retired man, you are still called to preach. Amen. So it says, preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. Then 1 Peter 3.15 in NLT version, it says, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, Always be ready to explain it. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Amen. 
You must know how to explain. You must know how to explain what you receive, who you receive, what happened to you when you receive Him. You must be a, always be ready and be able to explain. Always be ready. Always be prepared to give an answer. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who are looking for the answer. Not just an answer, for the answer. There's a lot of people that are looking for truth. There are a lot of people that are, are looking for truth and hope. Amen? They were lost. They are lost. Like we, we, we were. We were lost, but we were found. They, were, they are blind. And like we were, we, are blind, we were blind and now we now see. Amen? So always be prepared to give an answer. If someone asks you about your faith, be ready. Not to argue, but just be ready to share your testimony. So what is our message? What is our message? I mentioned also last week that our message is that we are separated from God because of sin. But because Jesus came and gave his life for us, now we can be reconciled back to the Father. Amen? There is power in the gospel. There is power in the gospel to transform la la the lives of men and women. There is power in the gospel to change the hearts of men. Even the men that, it ha like, I've, I've seen, I've heard testimonies of people that has been, uh, you know, ex-convict, murderers, adulterers, like, I mentioned this also last Sunday, but they were transformed by the power of the gospel. There is power in the gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 116, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation. For everyone who believes, for everyone who believes. How can they believe if they don't hear? How can they hear if no one will tell them? Amen. So church, just let, let us just wake up. This is what we are called to do. We have to tell people our the, the, the we have to tell people about our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So how are we to do this? How, how are we to evangelize? That's what I'm going to share with you today. Amen. I have 30 minutes to share it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woohoo. Praise the Lord. Glorify Jesus. There's joy. There is joy in serving God. Amen. There is joy in praising the Lord. Amen. So how are we to do this? How are we to evangelize? So there is no better example on how to evangelize than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right? Because Jesus is the master communicator. So I'd like us to turn to the story of this um, Jesus and the Samaritan woman in the book of John chapter 4. Okay, so let's read. John chapter 4. I'm reading from New King James Version. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Okay? So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now jo Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So let's stop there. So we'll see here. 
that in verse 4, it says, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He's going to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria, right? Why is it very important? Actually, it's highlighted in my Bible. Why is it important for him to go through Samaria? He, you know that he does not need to go through Samaria because no Orthodox Jew would ever go to Samaria because Samaria is a Gentile place, right? They are Samaritans. They are not Jews. So during, even right now, no Orthodox Jew would have to be, to have dealings with Samaritans. But we've seen here in verse 4 that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. There's other way to go through to Galilee. They, he does not need to go through Samaria, right? For, for one reason. They, are, they have no dealings with Samaritans. Then uh, he was able, uh, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Give me a, dr a drink. You know, Jesus has broken through a lot of, um, of barriers here just to speak to this woman. First, being a Jew, he's not supposed to go through Samaria. Then second, being a man, he's not supposed to speak to a woman. Right? Especially the woman is not a Jew. So in their culture, men, um, Jewish men look down on women. Right? So he's not supposed to, to speak to a woman. So he broke through this barrier. Then we all know also from the story, I'm not going to read all, all the chapter, that this woman was married four times. Right? He's mar she's married four times and then she's got a fifth husband. So she's morally corrupt. So she's not just a woman, but she's an outcast. And then we find our Savior is speaking to her. So Jesus has overcome or broken through the barrier of racial prejudice. He's broken, down, uh, he's broken through the barrier of racial prejudice, of gender, preju uh, gender barrier, and also moral barrier. Okay, so what is this showing us, right? Do you think Jesus does not know that that woman will not be there? That's why he went through Samaria. He knew that that woman at that time will be drawing water. And just to uh, background of the story, it says he, a woman of Samaria, no, uh, let's go to verse 6, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That means 12 noon. That's the hottest, hottest time of the day. No one draws water at 12 noon. Okay? So we see here, because this woman is an outcast, she go out to, to, uh, to draw water when there's no one there. Because women, most like all the women in that community, will go in the morning, they will meet, they will talk. And so this woman, because she's a, an outcast, no one would like to talk to her. No one would like to be near her. So she would choose that time when do, there's no one there to, to, to draw her water. Okay? So, but Jesus knew. Jesus knew that this woman will be there at that time. Okay? And then he, uh, like I said, he broke that barriers. He broke that uh, he, he came to her, he came to that place and started the conversation. If you notice, he's the one who started the conversation. Eh? Verse 7, 
A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Okay, so when we evangelize, we don't wait for people, we don't just wait for people to ask us questions. They may not even know that you're a Christian, right? So we always initiate the conversation. We always initiate the conversation. And I'd like, uh, maybe I'm going to jump in uh, my, with my, in my sermon, but you need to be tactful. You need to be more diplomatic and approaching people uh, if you like to start a conversation. You don't start your evangelism or soul winning with a question, uh, do you know you're going to hell? If you start that, then you just ended up the conversation. Okay, so I'll, I'll, sh I'll, I'll share with you how, how, do we do it, how do we do this. So what do we learn from this example? You know, Jesus doesn't choose whom he would like to speak to. Okay, so we need to speak to everyone. Sometimes we only want to speak to people who we think we can relate to. Right? Say, if I'm a young person, I would say, ah, uh, I, 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 I only gonna speak to young people because I can relate with them. How would you know that the Holy Spirit can use you to speak to an older person? How would you know that the Holy Spirit can, can use you, if you're a woman, can use you to speak to a man? Right? So we don't choose who we gonna speak about the gospel. If the Holy Spirit leads us to speak to someone that, that is um, uncomfortable to us, break that barrier. We need, we need to break the barrier of um, un uncomfortability. You know, sometimes God has to break that. We need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to help us break into that comfort zone that we know. Amen. We've met a lot of different people when we did outreach. It's all, it's, it's, it's all an experience. Like uh, um, sometimes like you feel that you want to hide or, um, you know, like when you're approaching a person and looking at you like this, you just want to turn your, turn your back around and pretend that you don't see them. But, um, yeah, but it's very challenging. But God, praise the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit is with us. So the Holy Spirit gave us that boldness. So we do not need to choose or, um, yeah, uh, to choose or uh, I just want to speak to this person. That person, they look very upset. They look um, unapproachable. I'm not going to speak to them. We've seen here, Jesus broke those barriers. He went to ask this woman. He started a conversation and he said, give me a drink. And we have to go where people are. We have to go where people are. Amen. If you want to learn how to pray, then you have to go to, for, uh, you have to look for people who need prayer. Or if you want to uh, experience healing and see God use you in healing, then go to the hospitals and pray for the sick. Amen. Don't ask God, Lord, I want to I wanna be used for, the, for healing. I want to be used for healing ministry. But you don't go out and you don't pray for people, then you cannot not experience that, right? So we need, we need to go to where people are. Again, pray for God's leading. God will speak to you and God will say, we had experiences where God will say, ring that person or go to that person's house, knock on their door, and you never know that person has been praying, that person has been asking. Remember that story where Cornelius uh, is praying? Yep, and, and God sends an angel, and God spoke to Peter, and God went, uh, Peter went to his place, and the whole family, not just Cornelius, got saved. 
So that's how you are led by the Holy Spirit. Right? Remember, we need to infil infiltrate, then isolate. We need to infiltrate, then isolate. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no a born again. Remember, Larry always say there's no a born uh, um, a Christian that is um, secret, secret agent. Right? James Bond Christian. You know, like, hello. Hello, I'm a Christian. You want to speak about Jesus? No, you need to <laughs> boldly, boldly proclaim the gospel. You're not a, we're not a secret agent, James Bond, no, seven, born again Christian. Amen. Okay, so, and we need to use TAC. That's what I mentioned before. TAC means diplomacy and sensitivity. Always, you know, we need to be, um, uh, Again, lead, led by the Holy Spirit. Apply wisdom when we are talking to people. Amen. Different people, different cases, different people, different situations. They have different issues. They have different problems. So again, Holy Spirit will reveal to you as you listen to them. So use TACT, T-A-C-T, which means diplomacy and sensitivity. Avoid arguments. Because if you look at the, at the Bible, uh, how Jesus ministered or how Jesus speak, especially to sinners. I'm not talking about the, the religious people. Religious people, Jesus, blood, you know, he, he's, he's blunt to them, like he's straight to them. But with sinners, Jesus applied tact. All right? He's, he applied tact. He speaks to them with sensitivity. So he, he never argued with sinners. Jesus never argued with sinners. Okay, so remember that we are to build a bridge, not burn a bridge. All right? We want to win them. We want to make sure that that is not going to be your first and last conversation. That they will want to hear from you again. If they have not received Jesus Christ the first meeting, at least they gave you another opportunity to speak to them. But if they close that door because you have been disrespectful, you have been insensitive, Amen. And you, all you put down is the law that you're going to hell, you're going to die, not that. All right? So the objective, our objective is not to win an argument but to win souls. Okay? Our obje objective is not to win an argument but to win souls. Another one is be interested. Be interested in people. Are we genuinely interested in the person and in what they are interested in? Just remember, everyone is interested about themselves. Right? Yeah? Everyone is interested about themselves. That's the first thing they want to talk about is themselves. So, be interested with them. Genuinely interested, you know. Uh, you find it very um, annoying or even disrespectful when, you, when someone is speaking to you and they're doing something. When, they're, when you're speaking to them and they're not even looking at you. Right? That's not good communication. When you are communicating with someone, make sure you are not fiddling on your phone. You're not checking on someone else's message. And then you're trying to evangelize and win this person. You're not going to win that person because you're telling that person through your action. You may not be saying it, but through your action, you're saying you're not really interesting to me. You, I don't value you. I just want to, you to listen to me. That's not gonna work. That's not good communication. Good communicator is a good listener. A good communicator 
is a good listener. So be interested with them. Find out what interests them. Right? Find out what, what are their hobbies. What do they like to do? Find out. You know, with, with, in my workplace, the, um, I have moms with my, in my workplace. I, we're all like moms. So we normally what I find interesting, very, very interesting with mothers to talk about is their children. So I would ask them, how's, how's your son? How's your daughter? How's the school? So they start talking, right? So I listen. And from listening, I find, like, you know, from listening, I can discern then understanding where they're coming from, what they're going through. Sometimes when you, you, they, they, will, um, they will feel that um, eventually they will say, I can trust this person because she's listening to me, right? It's not, it's that, it's not straight away that you give them Bible verses. Just listen. Build the trust first. Build the trust first, okay? So in this example, we saw Jesus talking to the woman, right? And, and, and we also see in this story that Jesus showed his interest with the woman. Like she, he showed that he is interested with her, interested with her life, okay? Being interested with people or the a person that you are sharing the gospel with, you are actually making that person feel important. Right? When you are interested, when you say, tell me more about what do you do? Right? Tell me more about what, how uh, you like baking. So uh, how do you do this? You know, I, I want to learn. Uh, make them feel that you are interested to find out what interests them. Right? Because when you do that, you make them feel important. And when you make people feel important, they want you more. They want, they want to talk to you more because you are making them feel important. But when you start uh, uh, showing them their mistakes, when you start attacking what's, what's wrong with them, they don't want to hear that. People doesn't want to hear what's wrong with them. Although, you know, there is a time that they could tell them, you know, you are, you, if they say, so I, I don't want to be a Christian because I know, is it wrong to drink or is it wrong to uh, sleep with a woman that is not my wife? Be honest, yeah, it's wrong, right? It's their choice now. That's different. But when you start attacking, and you know, you know that the Bible says that you are going to that. That's wrong. Okay, so be interested. By being interested with them, you are making the person feel important. Let them talk about themselves. Alright, okay. Then listen, listen, and listen. Be a good listener. Shut up. Just listen. Right? Because the more you listen, the more you understand what, like what, what, how God will now reveal to you this is how you're going to minister to this person. This is what the word, like the word of God, like Jesus said that he will remind you of all the things that you have learned. Then God will remind you a verse. God will remind you, you know, a situation in your life also that can identify with them. Right? So be able to to listen, be a good listener. And remember that in this conversation in John chapter 4, Jesus engaged in a dialogue, not a monologue. He was, the woman was asking him questions and he would reply. Woman with asking questions, he would reply. And another thing is start asking questions too. Ask questions. Help the other person expose their own hearts. By asking questions, you are exposing what is really in their hearts. Okay? They may say, oh, I'm okay. But the more you talk to them, the more you are asking questions, not just about them, 
Like, how do you think is this? What do you think about this? What do you think about the current situation? You are really, you are actually exposing what is in their hearts. Okay? So, in this story, Jesus started with asking her for water. Right? Why? Because water is important to her. Yeah? And, and also, the well and the water shows the woman, Jesus, through the well and the water, asking her for water, he is exposing or showing her the metaphor of, his of her life. He was showing her what you really need. As, as you all know the story, he, he's, he's talked about the natural water, but then eventually he spoke about the spiritual water. So that is what the woman really need. He started with water, the natural water, and then he ended up offering he, her the spiritual water, which is really what she needs. Okay? So this is what we do. Uh, we start question, uh, We start asking questions. Remember when Jesus ministers or speaks to people, he answered a question with a question. Right? When uh, There's one instance or situation where he was asked in Mark chapter 12, Verse 14, when they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So they, they were trying to catch him, right, to find blame. So they asked him, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he Knowing their hypocrisy, because he all already know these are evil people, they have evil hearts, they intend to, um, um, you know, to put him into a bad situation where he could speak something and then take it against him. He said, why do you test me? He didn't answer them straight away. He answered their question with another question. Okay, so this is how we also uh, evangelize or speak to people. We don't, when, if they say, why is it that there's so many um, churches, uh, um, Christian? Are, is it not supposed to be just one? If, it, if God is, if Jesus is only one, why are there so many Christian religion? Don't answer them uh, because just ask them another question. What do you think? Give back the question. Find out what do they think first before you answer. Okay? So here, there's an example there. We must engage with them, and always when I, I, there are people that ask you questions that are out of your topic, right? Out of what you want to share. They want to divert, right? Especially when, when they know that you're talking about something that is um, like situation, their situation. They know that uh, I'm, gonna, I'm being caught here. So they don't want to talk about it. So they want to divert the, the, um, the conversation. Be, be wise there, right? So we, you still have to engage with them and get them back to the main subject. Get them back to the main subject. Going back to Luke chapter 4, uh, John chapter 4, Jesus, <clears throat> he, was, he asked the woman, can you give me a water? He said, give me a drink. Then um, the woman said, 
how is it that you being a Jew ask a dream from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and who he would have given you living water. Amen. And then the woman, this being sarcastic, she said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give, they will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Jesus says, you know, you are talking about that water that will not last, but I'm going to give you water that will last. And the woman, because of what he said, that curiosity came out of that woman. Imagine, if I get a water that will flow like forever, then I don't need to go to that well every day to dwell the water, to dwell water, right? That will give me enough ease, comfort, that I don't need to go there every day to dwell water because I have water now that I can drink for the rest of my life. So she got curious and she asked Jesus. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. Now Jesus has got her, right? Because she is now interested in what he is about to say. He, she is now interested in what he is about to give her. And this is how we do evangelism. We need to show them that we have something that we can offer them that they don't have. All right? You cannot, you cannot just speak to people, you know, that God has given me such joy and you don't have any joy at all in your face. That's why when you are evangelizing, you need to learn to smile. You need to learn to smile. You know, smile is, is a language that you don't even need to say something but catches other people's attention. When you smile, even the person, the, um, the um, what's that, uh, angriest person, when you smile at them, they will smile. They will, you know, that angry, per angry face will turn to something uh, softened. It will soften. Their face will soften because you smile. So when you are evangelizing, make sure that you are really living that life, right? Because you cannot sh share with them what you do not have. You cannot tell people, you know, that Jesus can make you prosperous. And not everyone needs, not everyone needs money. Not everyone needs, um, not everyone needs healing. Not everyone needs uh, restoration. They, they are rich people. They, they have joy. They, they, they have good life. They have good marriage. They have good relationship. But what is, their, what is lacking? They're lacking God. So that's like the same with this woman. So when he, she heard that Jesus will give her water that will last forever, at the time she doesn't have an idea that he, she, he's talking about spiritual, right? Spiritual thing. But in her mind, oh, I, I need that. I want that. Give me more. Talk to me more about it. So she's now starting to open up. So remember, like I said also last time, that a person cannot really appreciate the good news if they don't know the bad news. And what is the bad news? Right? That we are separated from God. And if we are separated from God, if we die, we go to hell. But the good news is that Jesus 
gave his life for us. He died for us. So in this conversation, in this story, in John chapter 4, Jesus, we've seen Jesus, not just here in this story, but we have seen Jesus. He has compassion, he has insight, and he has words that move this woman. You know, you can have compassion, but you don't have insight and words to move people, then you lose it. Or you can have, you can have insight and good words, but you do not have compassion, then you also are not doing the right way. Amen. There are people that I find they evangelize. They really they 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 are they 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 wanted to win people to the Lord, but they don't have compassion. Right? Have you seen people like uh, if you don't you're going to hell if you don't repent? You're, or uh, you're you're it's all about hell. It's all about damnation, and they don't show you know that there is mercy and grace. Okay. Amen. So. That is what we see here. Jesus has compassion, insight, and words to, and those are all that's enough to move this woman. She went and she was she opened up to Jesus to the point that um, here um, I'll show you here. This woman called when when he said when Jesus said to her. Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you truly spoke. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Now she, she's trying to justify Right? She's trying to say, because you Jews are to be blamed. It's not the Samaritan. But again, Jesus brought her back to conversation, to the main objective, and that is to win her. And that is for her to open up her life to him. So he, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation if the, is of the Jews. So it's like Jesus saying, you know what? It doesn't matter where you worship. It doesn't matter which church you go to now. right? What is important is for you to make sure that you have received Jesus Christ. Because people will always argue that, oh, you're, you know, I don't want to change my religion. No, we're not about changing religion. We're not about you changing religion. You, we are about you experiencing the, the, the fullness of God's life because I know every one of us are empty without Jesus. We are nothing without God. You know God. You, you need God. All right? So this is what Jesus did. So he was able to minister to her to the point that this woman uh, believed Jesus Christ and then because she was filled with joy, she forgot about her water. Right? This is what happened when you are saved and you are filled with joy, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you forget about the other things, right? That's why God says, seek me first. When you seek Jesus, you forget about your problems. You forget about your troubles. It doesn't mean that the problems and troubles are not there. They are still there. But the, the weight of it, you forget about it because you learn now to trust God. So here, this woman, there's so much in this story, actually. She forgot about the jar. That is her life. Right? That is what she needs to do. Water every day, fetching water, fetching water, fetching water. 
But here, the water that has is like her essential need became less because she found the true life. She found the true giver of water that is our God. That's why we need God. You need God. You need the Holy Spirit. If you're drying out, you can even, uh, like, you know, you feel your prayer is not even moving up. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the, the, the water, the, the living water. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. So what uh, happened to her? She became the first evangelist. She went back to her village and told everyone about what she, what just happened to her. A few minutes ago, this woman, you know, you didn't see or find her going to Bible college to find out how am I to evangelize. She went to the village, told everyone what happened to her. So telling our story is powerful bridge for the gospel. Amen. One of the most effective tools is your testimony, is your personal testimony because no one can argue what God has done for you. It happened to you. No one can argue that it didn't happen to you. If you were a drug addict and you got saved, you were set free from addiction, that is your testimony. If you were a liar, because I know some people, I've never done drugs, I've never done alcohol, I've never done that, but everyone that did lie, okay? So let's settle this. Everyone did lie. We all lied. So if you're a liar, then you got saved, you start stop lying, then that is your testimony. I am a habitual liar. I always lie, lie, lie about this, lie about that. But God saved me. So this woman didn't wait, didn't go for any evangelism training. Though they are good, we give that, we do that at church. But she didn't wait because she had a powerful testimony. She had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And anyone that has a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ has a testimony to share people. Amen. So avoid, when, when you are speaking to people, speak in a way that the other person understands. When you're sharing your, gas, the, your testimony, speak to them the way they can understand. Avoid spiritual or religious jargons, right? Avoid saying, you know what? I got saved and I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, I now belong to the body of Christ. They would say, what? What are you talking about? Blood and body? I don't, I don't understand that. So, of course, with a new, with a new person, they won't understand those, those terms. Make it simple. Make it simple. So there's, there's a few tips when sharing your testimony. Don't glorify or exaggerate your past. Okay? Don't glorify or exaggerate your past. I was, you know, those exaggeration of testimonies. Don't, because otherwise you'll be lying. Just share what really happened to you. Okay? Don't make your past sound more appealing than your present. Yeah, I used to be so rich. I used to have this car. I used to have this house. Then I got saved. <laughs> and then um, God put me to this trial and I got this poor. That is not appealing, right? So don't make your past sound more appealing than your present. When you tell your story, remember that it's not about you. 
it's about Him. Okay? When you tell your story, it's not about you. It's about God. It's about Jesus. Paul said in Philippians 3.8 that in everything that he has accomplished, all of that are like rubbish that he may gain Christ. So your use your testimony because everyone has one. If you say, I have encountered Jesus, I gave my life to Jesus, what was your testimony? It may not be as dramatic as other people, but at least you have a testimony. So use your testimony because everyone has one. And when they start listening, when they, they, you know that they're listening to you, you're now sharing your testimony to them, you know and you know that they're ready, close the deal. Don't turn your back and say, uh, uh, because you're, you're afraid how they can respond, right? No, don't leave them hanging. Close the deal. Ask them a question. And this is the question. Would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And the worst thing can, may happen if they, the worst thing that can happen is if, if they say, no, I don't want to receive Jesus Christ. And what do you do in those instances? You just say, okay, I'll respect that, but I pray that if you find in your heart that God is, is speaking to you, please just pray this short prayer and then pray with them. Don't end up with just leaving them because they said no. You can say, okay, I respect that, but can I pray for you? And most of the time, people will say yes. People will say that, yeah, of course. You know, they didn't pray the prayer of salvation, but you laid your hands on them and you pray for them. So now your faith, you, you release your faith that yeah, that prayer is now working. The seed has been sown. It, they may not have accepted Jesus right then and there, but you know and you know. How many of us that you heard the gospel at first and you didn't receive? But you receive it like maybe fifth times. And the fifth time, that's when you accepted Jesus Christ. So don't, don't um, what's that? Don't despise small beginnings. What we just need is to start doing what God called us to do. So always close the deal. Pop the question. Would you like to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? When, in Acts chapter 2, 37 to 39, this is Peter. When they heard Peter's preaching, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what I was saying. If you pray for them, even if they didn't pray the prayer of salvation, there will be a moment where God will cut their heart. They will be reminded of the word that they heard. Because mind you, there are people that got saved without being in the church. There are people that got saved, they didn't even hear someone preaching. Larry was one of the examples. He got saved in his room. He just heard a voice, right? So he's not at church, he's not in a prayer meeting, but he didn't know we have been praying for him. So that's that's what how God worked. Amen. So if they but if they pray the prayer of salvation, the work does not stop there. Right? This is what most of us miss. Right? We're happy that they got saved. Praise the Lord. Right? We got a testimony. Someone saved. Someone got saved through me. Someone I led someone to the Lord. But the work did not stop there. Does not stop there. You need to follow up on them. Amen. So uh, um, in my in my experience, the best time to follow up a new born again believer is within 48 
hours. Don't wait for another week, right? Within 48 hours, make an arrangement to follow up with them. In this case of restriction, you can follow up them, uh, you can follow them up by calling them on the phone, sending them a text, you know, and we have like uh, um, messenger that they, you can look at cameras each other. So there's so many ways, but don't leave it like for another week or two weeks because like, uh, like you have, you know, to, you can be uh, accepting the Lord now and then there's going to be a temptation there to just disregard what you have just done, right? The enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? So be quick to follow them up. Remember that the person receiving the Lord is just a beginning. Okay? And most of us miss this, right? We're happy for people to get saved, but that's not just, that's not the first, that's only the first step. The work does not stop there. You need to disciple them. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, let's read that again. He said, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. Make disciples. What does it mean to make disciples? It means to effectively reproduce yourself. Effectively reproduce yourself. Isn't it joy to see someone else growing like you? Like, you know, uh, to, to see a baby grow and you nurture them, to, you feed them, you see them uh, crawling and then sudden, one day they start walking. One day they start walking by themselves. One day they start, you know, going to shops by themselves. It's a joy. It's the same when you are discipling people. You see them born again like a baby and you start feeding them with the word. You start praying for them. You start helping them in their weaknesses. Be an encourager to them. Be a mentor to them. That is a joy. So be, you need to disciple people. And you as a follower of Jesus is going to help them to become a follower of Jesus too. Amen. Colossians 1.28, Paul says, So we tell others about Christ. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. So one of the greatest things you can have in your life is to have a new believer. It is wonderful to see a young believer grow in their walk with the Lord. Because you stagnate when you don't take part in seeing someone come into the Lord and help them grow in the Lord. But when you lead someone to the Lord or you take part into this uh, great commission, you yourself get refreshed. Amen. Go out there and take a step of faith. Start sharing your testimony and your life with people. I would like to end this, this uh, message with Daniel 12.3. It says, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. You want to you wanna be you want to shine like the stars forever? Lead someone to righteousness. Amen. You will be better than a rock star. You will be a star that shines forever. So how to be a star that shines forever? Lead someone to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I hope you got something from this and if you haven't received uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you haven't experienced Him, His life, the abundant life that we have been speaking about and sharing about to you. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. So if you want to receive Him 
and make him as your Lord and personal Savior. I want to invite you now to pray this prayer in Jesus' name. So just follow my, my prayer and uh, just receive Jesus Christ. Open your heart to him in Jesus' name. And pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I receive the message that I have heard today. And I understand, oh Lord God, I, re I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I need a Savior. And you, oh Lord God, is the Savior. You are the one who died for me and you gave your life for me so that I can be restored back to the Father. Today, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I invite you to come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior in Jesus' name. I receive you right now. And as I receive you, I also receive eternal life. And today, I have become your child and you have now become my father. And my name is now written in the book of life in Jesus' name. And I also invite the Holy Spirit to fill me and help me walk into the ways that God wants me to walk in Jesus' name. Bring people into my life, Lord, that can help me grow spiritually in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you've done that prayer, please let us know. Encourage us. Share with us what happened to you when you prayed that prayer and you want to grow spiritually with your, uh, in your walk with God. Please send us a message through um, Facebook or our um, email address will be there. And we are more than happy and willing to help you and, and send you materials to help you grow in your spiritual walk. And if you are a person, uh, you're a born-again Christian, you haven't led someone to the Lord, once again, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you boldness to, for you to be able to step out in faith and know that God will not command you and ask you to do something that He has not given you grace to do. He has graced you to be able to preach and to share your testimony. There are people in your life that are waiting for you to share them your testimony and they will receive Jesus Christ. It's time for us to be involved in this harvest. So church, be blessed, be anointed, be joyful, for the Lord our God is good. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So let me pray this benediction, release this benediction over you, church, in Jesus' name. And um, just a reminder, there's a prayer and fasting today, our last day for prayer and fasting for this month. Um, and it will be at... Um, is it 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock? 2 o'clock. Amen. Uh, our brother Jameson will be leading. Amen. Praise God. Woohoo! Hallelujah. So if you want more joy, 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 participate. Amen. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming soon. Amen. And we rejoice because we are part of this harvest. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We love you and we miss you. And we will see you once again next Sunday or this afternoon. Amen. God bless you.